Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 26, Magic Kingdom. I'm Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. Hey, everybody. How are you? We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. You almost wonder, should we change it from men to man? It's kind of it's kind of getting to that point, isn't it? Uh-huh. Hope everybody likes the new logo. Yeah, yes. I was I was gonna say the new logo is out there, and uh, really all I gotta say about that is <laughs> it's very funny. I think it's hilarious. So tonight we're gonna go through Magic Kingdom at Disney World, which I think Tom would agree with me is mine and his favorite park. We're gonna we're gonna just kind of talk through it. We're gonna talk through all the lands. We're gonna talk through our favorite rides, favorite restaurants. Favorite things to do, favorite things to eat, favorite things to see. And we're just going to kind of go from there. But before we do that, let's go into Tom with the news. Tom, what do you got tonight? Yeah, I got some uh, some game-changing news for us, actually. Uh, one of the big news items uh, will revolve around the, the resorts at Disney World. As we mentioned last week, I believe, and, and kind of leading up to that, there was a rumor that the good neighboring Disney hotels would be adding the 60-day fast pass window. Uh, now, now Disney has almost responded with a bigger splash here, and there's special paid-for fast pass plus reservations available now for club-level deluxe hotel guests. Uh, essentially, what that means is there's now three additional fast passes that you could get for $50 a day per person and can be used at any park. Uh, so, for an example, you could get six fast passes in a day, do three at Magic Kingdom and three at Epcot that afternoon. Again, if you are staying at the club-level deluxe hotels uh, and, and paying the $50 extra. Pete, what, what's your opinion there? I think that's a pretty big deal. I think this is a huge deal. I mean, now, we're obviously not normally fortunate enough to stay at the club level at any hotel. So this kind of excludes us you know, from from being a part of it. But if we could afford it, <laughs> I mean, this is a really big deal. Not not only does it allow you to get six fast passes, it extends the fast pass booking window out to ninety days, which is obscene, right? Yeah, and that was one point I was gonna was gonna add. You know, that that's another feature to it. And I guess I'm now curious how will that affect all of us who typically don't stay in club level and can only do sixty days out? Do you foresee that impacting the availability for us? I think so, but not much. I mean, let's think about the number of people that stay club level, the number of people that are going to take advantage of this and pay. I mean, it's expensive, right? It's $50 a person a day to be well, able to know, to be able to do this. And another perk you get, I, I think you also get some sort of special pass for like a, a, for reserved seating for any of the nighttime spectaculars offered at any you, of the four parks. You do, yeah. So that is a, that is a big perk too, but... I mean, just just getting back to it, fifty dollars a person a day. I mean, that's two hundred dollars a day for a family of four to take advantage of this if they're going to Disney World. This is also only available for guests that stay three days or more. I don't know. I just I don't see a lot of people doing this. You know, if if we have last week, we kind of talked about our unlimited funds vacation, our dream vacation, whatever. This is something that I'm definitely going to do 
you know, if I'm on my kind of unlimited funds vacation, or, you know, this may be something that I do if I'm trying to do Disney World on a weekend, because this makes it possible, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this falls under the window like we hit last week. If you're there for a short enough period, it really it does make sense. But once you get to Disney for, you know, five, six, seven days, I, I don't know that this is a huge uh, difference. I mean, that'd be expensive to have to fork out, you know, family of four, 200 bucks a day. That that quickly adds up on your trip. It is expensive. But but again, if you know, if you're again, like we said on our last podcast, if you're trying to go and do Disney in three days, this really makes it possible. You know, you can get mm-hmm. fast passes across different parks, six fast passes a day. I mean, that's big time. Yeah, that, that certainly is. Uh, second bit of news for us, and th- this one's kind of a you know small piece of news. The Winter Summerland Miniature Golf has cut their hours. Uh, I think they normally were open until like 11 p.m. They're going to pull that back to 10 p.m. Uh, essentially, it's from guest volume. It, it's There's not a, you know, most people don't go to Disney World to go play putt-putt. And that's kind of why I think the traffic is so low there. So that, that was another piece of news that I felt like sharing in case that is something, you know, typically when you stay on property, you do get vouchers to go play some of the putt-putt courses. Uh, so be aware that they're closing at 10 p.m. now. How how many times have you played there before? Once. Once? In my life. I mean, and we went, our last trip, we had the option. We had uh, four passes to play and we didn't go. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I don't think I've ever played there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're fortunate. We grew, we grew up near the beach. And so we've played putt-putt many, many, many times. Uh, so it's certainly, when I go to Disney World, it's much more about the, the resort and the parks. Agreed. Another big piece of news, and I, I'm sure I'll butcher this pronunciation, Kringla Bakery Og Cafe. I, right, it, it's it's closing for a pretty long refurbishment. So beginning uh, on February 4th, the World Showcase's favorite bakery, uh, in a lot of cases, will be closing for a long refurbishment that should last a few months, uh, possibly all the way into the middle of the summer. Uh, they will be expanding the inside and redecorating a bit. So you've heard us mention school bread in the past. This is where you get it. This bakery is actually in Norway. And if you've ever been there, it's very tiny and there's not a lot of seating outside. I would imagine they would address both those issues because it's become more popular, especially with Frozen being in that pavilion now. But I have heard that a lot of the treats and snacks that are available here, they are going to set up a cart kind of outside in the Norway pavilion where you're going to be able to get a lot of this stuff. So... If you need your school bread fix, you're still going to be able to get it. Or if you need your aqua, aquavit fix. <laughs> yeah, or if you need your aquavit <laughs> fix for some strange reason. Uh, moving moving on to Disney's Hollywood Studios here. It looks like they've changed some background music, and, and some background music has debuted now at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I think they're actually releasing like popular songs that were available in the 30s and 40s on the Hollywood Boulevard, which really helps kind of set the the theme, I guess. Uh, at Hollywood Studios. So keep your ears open, and maybe you will uh, hear hear something different there. So my understanding is that there is no non-Disney music being played at Hollywood Studios anymore. So it's all Disney music. It's all Disney music from the 30s and 40s, is what you think? Well, just just in general, it's all Disney music. You know, you used to hear a lot of theme songs from just movies in general, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that has gone away. So now it's just going to be Disney movies, theme songs that are played at Hollywood Studios. 
The last piece of news that we have for you is a pretty big one. Uh, there's now, uh, Disney's announced they're going to be offering a free quick service meal uh, for folks staying in value resorts through the summer months. So if you have a an, an arrival set for May 29th to August 25th, you can take advantage of one free quick service meal per day. It can be used at breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Uh, the only catch with it, it is a minimum of a three-night stay. So it's one way to save some money. I mean, I mean, you look at you know, all the quick service restaurants, especially in somewhere like Magic Kingdom, which we'll talk about here later. But, um, you know, it's, it's you know, it saves you 15 bucks a day, probably. And maybe we take advantage of this uh, in the coming year. Who knows? Yeah, the, the Disney rumor mill is strong. <laughs> it, we have a lot of dates pegged. But anyway, I did want to share that, that um, Disney often does this to kind of spurn, you know, business and, and maybe push folks coming to uh, the Value Resort hotels at, at whatever time of the year they'd like to uh, get some attention. And so yet again, they have released a free, again, one quick service meal per day. And in the summertime, which is odd, right? Because typically it's, so it's busy. pretty busy in the it's, summertime. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird timing. Typically, and this one's a little different because sometimes it's actually the free meal plan. Mm-hmm. And this, and this, is, this just is just one, one quick service. So that's, you know, that's some... I don't know. I mean, I guess you're out of pocket for every other meal if you if you were to take advantage of this opportunity. Yep. Because you wouldn't go meal plan. No. The, the only other thing I'll mention news-wise is the monorail. There's been a lot of kind of information and news regarding the monorail that's come out. The monorail has been malfunctioning. Pieces have been falling off of it. The doors have been opening with people on the monorail. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what Disney does with the monorail going forward if they you know, if they stop the monorail from operating or if they, I mean, at this point, the monorail is pretty old and they're going to have to invest a significant amount of money to kind of get it back up to scratch or to, to operating par. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see what Disney does regarding the monorail going forward. You know, the funny thing about it, our trip, you know, we, we were there obviously prior to when our actual vacation started and we did a lot of, you know, going to see Christmas decorations at various Disney resorts. We never had an issue with the monorail. I mean, it was like, you know, it smoked the bus transportation. And any chance we could actually utilize it, we did. And it normally does. It was awesome. So it's it's a shame to hear. Because that's still, it's one of the free highlights of a Disney trip to me. It is. It's kind of like a ride that you don't have to pay for. I don't know if I even shared this, but we were on the monorail... Our last day, we're going to go eat at Ohana. And there's a, a family with two younger children and talking to the parents, find out they're from originally from South Carolina, live in Florida now. And I said, oh, are you guys here for a few days? I said, no, we're, we're taking our kids to see the Christmas vaca- the Christmas decorations, and we're getting our son a haircut in Magic Kingdom. They were annual pass holders, and the monorail was like a ride to the kids. <laughs> and so it was, I, told, uh, I told my fiance, I said, yeah, it's, I viewed this as a ride too. So let's go to Magic Kingdom. We're going to take the monorail in? We're going to take the monorail in. We're going to park and we're going to take the monorail in. And I don't I don't know if we really have a, a huge overarching objective or theme for tonight's episode. Other than we really want to talk about Magic Kingdom. We want to talk about everything in depth as much as we can. We want to talk about rides. We want to talk about food. We want to talk about attractions, things to do, all that kind of stuff. Really, but but with no overarching theme other than we decided we wanted to talk about Magic Kingdom tonight. 
Yeah, well, it was kind of we were we were kind of brainstorming on what we wanted to talk about, and we both agreed that we wanted to hit attractions. And what better park to hit than Magic Kingdom if you really want to talk about attractions? So let's start at Magic Kingdom with Main Street. Okay. Tom, what is there on Main Street USA that you consider a must-do or you have to do it every time you go to Disney World? Man. So the the main I don't know if the, I don't even think it's called the Main Street Bakery anymore because there's a Starbucks that's kind of plugged inside of that. I love going through all the shops. The Emporium is one of my favorites. The bakery area, uh, I have a sweet tooth like everyone else probably. Uh, that's a big part of it. And then I actually like to stand right when you get past the flagpole, dead center on Main Street, and look up at Cinderella Castle because that's when you know you're in Disney World. You hear the music. You can see all the sights. Uh, so th- to start my day at Disney, I, I love walking – right down the middle of Main Street USA. Well, not only that, you've got all the shop employees. You know, as you're walking into the park first thing in the morning, you've got all the shop employees standing outside waving to you, you know, welcoming you to the park. I'll say that normally my time on Main Street going into the park in the morning is is strictly walking down Main Street. Me going into all the shops and me seeing everything, typically that happens after my day in the park. So... As I'm heading out of the park, I'm not going to the shops. I'm not doing any shopping, anything like that until after a full day in the park. You know, there's a, uh, there's a spot on main street and I'm trying to remember the name of the store, but I'm a collector of shot glasses. And so I always grab a Disney shot glass, whatever year. And they do like the crystals. Um, but I can't remember what the place is called. That's a store that I, I have a newfound love for. My last trip, I went in there. I was looking for just a unique Disney shot glass, and I got one of the coolest shot glasses ever with you know engravements of Mickey Mouse, Walt Disney on it. Uh, so that's become a, a staple now moving forward for me in Main Street. And, of course, we can't forget the Dapper Dans. The Dapper yep. Dans have been kind of a Main Street staple since, really since the park opened, or, or pretty close to it, right? You know, who, who doesn't love to hear the Dapper Dans sing? And the fun part about them, Depending on the holiday, they will dress and sing appropriate music. Uh, obviously, we did we did sit and watch the Dapper Dans. Uh, they probably did, I don't know, maybe a 10-minute. We saw them for maybe 10 or 15 minutes of their performance. Uh, you know, it's a pretty quaint crowd. They, they perform almost all day long. Uh, they pop in and out every now and then. But they sang traditional Christmas music. And so it was kind of cool to, to hear them. You know, everybody likes getting in the Christmas spirit. Uh, I agree that the Dapper Dan's and Magic Kingdom are a highlight for a lot of people's trip. Mm-hmm. So restaurant wise, I mean, there's a lot here on Main Street. You've got Casey's Corner, which is kind of a love it or hate it restaurant. You've got the Crystal Palace, which is a great character experience. And, you, and you've got Tony's, which almost love it or hate it there too. Yeah, it's kind of love I mean, it or hate it there too. I don't think there's much middle ground with Tony's. I, I was at one point loved it. I no longer like it. But Crystal Palace was something we went to every year because it was a we cared about characters and it was a good buffet. And as I've discussed on this podcast many times, I've had probably my best experience ever at Disney World at Tony's. So right. you know, watching the Main Street Electric Light Parade from the porch and so I mean I'm I'm kind of in love with Tony's at this point. I think Tony's is much more about the experience than the food itself. 
I agree. The food is not good. I think when people say you need to eat the atmosphere, that's the place you do it at. I agree. I agree. All right, so let's go. Let's go around the magic. Let's start kingdom. left to right. Yeah, let's go. Let's left, start left absolutely. to right. So we're going to start with Adventureland. So I mean, right off the bat here, you've got Pirates of the Caribbean. You've got the Jungle Cruise. You've got the Swiss Family Treehouse. You've got the Tiki Room. Well, so I'm missing something else. You have Aladdin's. Oh, the Magic Carpets of Aladdin. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, any anything here that obviously the Magic Carpets of Aladdin are Dumbo, you know, dressed up in a, in different clothing. But anything here that you can really skip? I mean, Jungle Cruise, kind of the foundation for a Disney trip, right? I mean, I I can think. Yeah, I mean, I I can think of some things to skip in Adventureland. Obviously, Jungle Cruise is is not a, not one of them. This is one of my favorite attractions at Disney World. I I would I would probably hedge my bet by saying it depends who your skipper. It depends is. on the on, it depends on the skipper absolutely. Because there have been now I'm not saying any any you know any time I've ever ridden it it's been fun but there are times where it really ex, it exceeds my expectations. There are some that are better than others. You're this you're is 100 percent right. You know two two attractions in here that I will not skip it at my on any Disney vacation. I don't care if I'm there for the day or Pirates of the Caribbean and Jungle Cruise. So, you know, eventually it's a, a somewhere I spend a lot of a, a decent amount of time when I'm at Magic Kingdom. But as far as waiting in lines go, I mean, you're not going to wait in line for the Jungle Cruise. You're not going to wait in line for Pirates of the Caribbean. You're going to try to grab a fast pass for those two attractions, right? I mean, the the Jungle Cruise line especially is bad. You know, there's it's not themed at all. Pirates of the yeah, Caribbean is, is a little bit better queue, but the Jungle Cruise queue is just terrible. Yeah, it's one of the worst queues in Disney World. Uh, and and I think, to Pete's point, it's not something that when I set my Fast Passes for a Magic Kingdom day that I make a priority as one of my first three. Because both those attractions, for the majority of the day, you can grab a Fast Pass for them. Absolutely. If I had to pick between the two, you obviously get the Fast Pass for Jungle Cruise and you wait standby for Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, and I think that's because the Pirates of the Caribbean queue is so much easier to stand in than the Jungle Cruise. It's quicker, typically, too. I mean, I, it's very rare you see that wait exceed 25 minutes. But not only that, you're underground, you're kind of in the caves, there's things to look at. There's so air conditioning. There's air conditioning, you're absolutely right. You know, food-wise, what do you have well, this food-wise? Is, is this where your Dole Whip is that you like? The Dole Whip you can get from Aloha Isle, it's pretty close to the, uh, or actually right next to the Enchanted Tiki Room and kind of near the Magic Carpets of Aladdin. I think this is fantastic. Dole Whip Float, which is the Dole Whip with pineapple juice, is incredible. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, you look at any kind of list or any any top snack options. This one typically hits everybody's, uh, and probably that's the only reason to go near the Tiki Room or the Magic Carpets, the Aladdin. Magic Carpets of Aladdin. Unless you've got small children. I mean, yep. Magic Carpets of Aladdin is, is good for small children. Um, I'm typically high-stepping through this area and yeah, trying the, to make it over to Pirates. You know, the, the Tiki Room is, it is what it is. It's kind of dated. And I'm going to probably make a lot of enemies saying this, but I preferred the Tiki Room under new management. You always, you've always told me that. You know, a lot of people didn't like the under new management. I loved it. Well, it had it had Iago and it had yep. uh, Zazu, right? Yep, it as, did. as kind of the host. Right. And you're absolutely. I don't right. know. For some reason, I really enjoyed that. Now, I, I 
I mean, that was a long time ago. I was a very, very small child the last time I saw that. But, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed Under New Management. I really liked it a lot more than kind of the current Tiki Room. You know, one one more restaurant uh, while we're there in Adventureland. Uh, it's what is it like the Jungle Navigation Skipper's Canteen? Skipper's Canteen, yeah. Yep. They uh, that that's one that's tough to get into. Well, not only that, but that is one of the few places at Magic Kingdom they serve alcohol. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, and that's that's another you know cool different restaurant. If if say you really had high hopes to get into Be Our Guest, for example, mm-hmm. this is not a bad second option. No, they have I good agree. food. Uh, it, it's tough to get into. I'd say the food probably surpasses, you know, Tony's and you know different food than Crystal Palace, but. You know, and Magic Kingdom is kind of slim to none on the restaurant side. I mean, there's a couple of restaurants that are decent. It's funny. Yeah, it's, you're right. Because but the quick service is you have so many options there. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it is different from mm-hmm. the actual table service restaurants. All right. So moving around the circle, next we come to Frontierland, right? Yeah, I can spend a lot of time there. I can spend a lot of time here. As well, and and there's there's two main reasons, and that is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and Splash Mountain. I really was fearful you were going to say something about the Country Bear. Did Jamboree. you think I was going to say something about the Country Bear Jamboree? You guys skipped Country Bears on your last trip, didn't you? I skip it every trip. It's worth it. It's it's a fun show, especially if you have kids with you. It's a it's a fun show, but it it doesn't again it doesn't hold a candle to Splash Mountain or Country Bear, or excuse me, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I mean, yeah, look, you know, I'm going to come out and say it. Splash Mountain is my favorite ride at Disney World, period. I feel like if we've had you know anybody who's listened, not even from the beginning, if you hopped on two episodes ago, I think you'd probably find a way to mention Splash Mountain every episode. Love Splash Mountain. Yeah, and again, we, we've hit it in a previous episode. If you want to reference, we've talked about top cues in Disney World. This is one of them because, to Pete's point, it's not one that most children – and some adults, they're, they're not familiar with the characters in the story. But Disney does an extremely good job of setting up what you're about to see. And then within the first few minutes of the ride, you're totally in, in the middle of the story. But not only that, you've got, you've got the music. Yep. You know, the music does so much for it. I don't know. This, again, favorite ride at Disney World, hands down, without a question. Have not been on Flight of Passage yet, but... Barring that. Is Frontierland your favorite land? No, I don't think so. I think Tomorrowland is, and we'll get there eventually. Okay. But but this does have my favorite favorite ride in it. And also has my favorite quick service restaurant at Magic Kingdom, and that's Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe. Man, boo that man. There's so <laughs> something in you guys that piques my interest. So you guys, I don't think that you had the same experience with Pecos Bill that I did growing up. Pecos Bill was always known for having, you know, the toppings bar and the cheese dip. And you got your burger and you could go dress it however you wanted. And then you could go pump as many cups of cheese dip as you wanted. Now it's changed a little bit. The menu's changed. They don't have the cheese dip anymore, but it's still, you know, they still have that toppings bar. Yeah. I, I was different. I guess I, it never really piqued my interest. You know, your family, you guys actually got us going to Pecos Bill's. Uh, and one of our former podcast members, Matt, one of the fallen. absolutely loved it. Fell in love with the place, so it was a staple of our trips. 
regardless of my opinion about it. Mm-hmm. So what else? What else do you have in Frontierland? You've got Country Bear Jamboree, which again to you is kind of hit or miss. I think it's hilarious. I think it's a show worth seeing for everybody. Um, do we, we throw Tom? Do we throw Tom Sawyer Island? Yeah, Tom Sawyer Island. Tom Sawyer Island is definitely here. You know, to me, this is kind of a. If you've got small children, this is this is worth it. If you don't, it's kind of a skip, right? Yeah, and and let me. I can give you some personal experience there, and and you know, my family and mom specifically would attest to this. When I needed to just burn some energy, that's where I was taken. Uh, we we'd ride the boat over to Tom Sawyer Island. They actually serve like PB and Js there, and I would just go hog wild running around and it's a, a good kid friendly area that you can uh, you know you can really cut loose in and so I would classify that actually as, as in Frontierland you know as well as obviously Splash Big Thunder and Country Bear all right well good so let's transition over to Liberty Square what do we got in Liberty Square possibly maybe my maybe my favorite sit-down table service restaurant at Magic Kingdom, and that's Liberty Tree Tavern. Oh, come on. Get over yourself. I love Liber- I love Liberty Tree Tavern. This guy. I really thought you were about to say possibly your favorite attraction, even though we all know that Splash. I thought you were going to drop a little Haunted Mansion knowledge there. No, no. I, I really do like Liberty Tree Tavern. I do like the Haunted Mansion, but no, Liberty Tree Tavern... I don't know. I mean, when was the last time you ate at Liberty Tree? Man, it's been years. It was it was a restaurant we had to hit every single visit. Uh, but but we've you know readjusted what we do dining wise in Magic Kingdom. Matt and I last time we went to Disney ate at Liberty Tree Tavern. Little family style, little family style yeah, serving. Yeah, family style, and the dessert is incredible. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to go to another world. Give it another world. But while we're here in Liberty Tree, or excuse me, while we're here in Liberty Square. Uh, let's talk about the attractions that are here. Hall of Presidents, I know you're not a huge fan of this, but for anybody that gives any kind of care about United States history, this is a huge attraction. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is It is a, a park favorite, and, you know, again, not a political podcast, but what has most recently been added will certainly increase some of the traffic to see this attraction. But the, the main focus in Liberty Square is Haunted Mansion. I mean, how could it not be? Yeah, and and this is a classic Disney attraction. Obviously, we've already done an episode on the Haunted Mansion, so I don't want to talk about it too much. You know, our uh, you know, speaking of Haunted Mansion, obviously we we care deeply about it. We did a full episode on it, and we also have a trivia question uh, involving the Haunted Mansion this evening. So big part of big part of Disney history. It's one of the original attractions that was at Disney World, uh, and, and it's obviously all and Disney one Man. of the few attractions where I can get on. And and sing the song the entire ride. Yeah, if you if you want a briefing of the history of the haunted mansion, or you want to hear, you know, somebody singing every song, ride with Pete. <laughs> He's your guy. I do like to sing. Uh, you've also got the Muppets present great moments in American history here. Did you guys watch this on the last trip? I walked through it a few times while it was going on. Again, I I, I despise history, so why would I? Why would I? But intentionally... it's it's the Muppets. It's the Muppets. Yeah, why why combine the Muppets, which is a great thing, with history, which is boring? Mm, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it drew a decent crowd. Basically, when we saw, uh, um, I think Hall of Presidents was closed, so typically what people will do is 
they'll see that Muppet Show and then they'll roll right into Hall of Presidents. You want to swing around, unless there's something else in Liberty Square. I guess there's, obviously you have Columbia Harbor House, which is a quick service option that... Which you love Columbia Harbor House, don't you? I do. They've got a, a good selection. Do they have bathrooms there? Funny thing about that, they don't have bathrooms <laughs> on the Liberty we've talked about side. it. We've talked about it in the past. They only have bathrooms on the Fantasyland side because of the, with the time period of where Liberty Square is themed, bathrooms had not been invented yet. I'm, I'm not huge on Columbia Harbor House. I am huge on, there is one other kind of quick service restaurant uh, here in Liberty Square, and that's Sleepy Hollow Tavern. I like Sleepy Hollow Tavern a lot. There's a lot of good food there. Uh, the, on the Mendu Disney trip, I think we got the uh, it was buffalo chicken and something inside of a waffle. But it was really good. You've also got the fruit and Nutella waffle here. So there's a lot of good options here at Sleepy Hollow Tavern. I'll tell you, I cannot take the fiancé to Disney World without getting a Nutella fruit waffle or whatever. She loves the fruit and Nutella waffle, doesn't she? I think Nutella is disgusting. And I'm not very healthy, so <laughs> fruits are meh. Waffles are good. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a really popular deal. right? So right before fireworks, a lot of people will go there, grab a little bit of a dessert to watch during the, the fireworks show. Because you can't get a drink before the fireworks show, right? Uh, not, in, not in Magic Kingdom. You've also got here the Christmas shop, which is, I know, a big deal for a lot of people. A lot of people like the Christmas shop a lot here. I spent far too many dollars in the Christmas shop this year. <laughs> I was on this ridiculous hunt for an ornament that Pete and his wife wanted that was apparently It was a good-looking ornament, too. It was a good-looking ornament. Park. So moving on from Liberty Square, next we come to Fantasyland. You have now landed in the land that has the most attractions. There is so much here. There is... Okay, what, what do you got here? You've got Little Mermaid, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Mad Tea Party, Winnie the Pooh, Peter Pan... It's a small world. Mickey's Philharmonic. I mean, what else? <laughs> Prince Charming's Carousel. You've got a few meet and greets. Yeah, not only that, but you've got pro- possibly the best table service restaurant at the Magic Kingdom in Be Our Guest. Where would we classify Cinderella Royal Table? Cinderella Royal Table, I would say, is in Fantasyland. So you have the best two table service credit as well. Not only that, Snow White Scary Adventures used to be here. Wow, flashback to the past, huh? Flashback to the past. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride used to be here. Wish it still was. I wish it still was. Have you ever been on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? What a dark attraction. Dark attraction, but but a great attraction, right? Yeah, beats beats Winnie the Pooh. Well, I don't know. Winnie the Pooh's pretty good. Mm. So so let's go through these attractions. Let's talk about well, uh, let's skip under the sea journey of the Little Mermaid because I think we all kind of know look. I think Disney thought that this ride was going to be a huge deal, and it's not. There's <laughs> never there's never over a ten minute wait for it. <laughs> they the, don't, the only reason there's a ten minute wait is because the queue's so long. It takes you ten minutes to get to the attraction. The only cool part about this, and I really appreciate this, is when you actually go quote, and I'm doing air quotes right here, under the sea, and you're kind of going backwards down, and you're going under the water. And you feel the air blow on your face. and it, it really does kind of feel like you're going under the sea there. I personally enjoy the attraction. It probably hits my must-do list. But Little Mermaid... Just because you love Little Mermaid. I do. I like the Little Mermaid soundtrack. So if you want to hear me sing every song, ride under the sea with me. 
I and can, I, I, can hit, I will sing it as well. I can hit every note, believe me. So if, if <laughs> so, if you want to hear every song, sit between Tom and I on Journey of the Little Mermaid. And and I will. Pre- you need to be a tiny person if you're going to fit between me and Pete in one of those little That's shells. That's true. That's true. Um, what else do we have here? We have the Mad Tea Party. Now, on the Mendu Disney trip, I think it was Tim and I that almost made ourselves sick on the Mad Tea Party. I, I'll tell you, I think Disney employees were worried the teacup was going to spin off the track. I, I have, have never n- seen a teacup go around in a circle so fast. I was forced to ride this attraction, and by the grace of being too tall to fit four people in a teacup, Pete and Tim went in their own, and, and uh, Trent and I went, went in a teacup. Trent and I didn't spin our teacup one time, didn't even touch a little wheel. Tim and Pete <laughs> clearly don't get dizzy. They... I've never seen, I mean, it had to be a record, seriously, a record number of spins in the minute, you know, the 98 seconds you ride. It was, we were spinning pretty fast. So you've got that. Uh, You've got Winnie the Pooh, which again, like we said, if you like Winnie the Pooh, it's a great attraction. I think they could do so much more than Winnie, with Winnie the Pooh than they have done at Magic Kingdom. And you've also got Seven Dwarfs Mine Train here, which I mean is kind of the big deal attraction at Disney World right now, right? Or excuse me, at Magic well, yeah, Kingdom. Yeah, right it's now. Magic Kingdom. I, I think, you know, you've got your two heavy hitters here and it's Peter Pan's flight for whatever reason. No offense to the ride. And then you've got Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and you know, I don't know if it warrants a ninety minute wait, but I do think it's a very good attraction, especially if you have little ones who you're trying to transition into the realm of riding a roller coaster. And I and I think that the the biggest problem with Peter Pan here is that the number of guests per hour that Disney can push through this ride is so low. And I think that's why the, the line has always been so long for it. And, and what they've done to kind of combat that, that queue is ridiculous. Oh, it's, a, it's amazing. It's so much fun to go through. And, and we were fortunate on the Mindu Disney trip. We hit it. We didn't have a fast pass. We rode it pretty early, I think. And it was about a 25 or 30 minute wait, I think. For us to see the queue. Mm-hmm. So and that's really the only reason we went on it. Exactly. Yeah, because I, I I can't remember who I rode with on the ride, but I know one of the Mendu Disney participants said that thing sucks right when we got off. So <laughs> it was not one of our favorites. Now, now you've also got kind of a Disney standby here, and it's a small world. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible. I, oh, terrible's harsh. It's not one of my favorite attractions. But is it a ride that you've ever skipped every any time you've gone to Disney World? No. No, nope. and you you can't, right? You know, the funny thing, that was one of the the probably biggest mess ups Disney's ever done. They didn't copyright that song. I think they did that on purpose. Now, you've also got Tom, your favorite ride at Disney World. And uh this is in Storybook Circus actually, but that's uh Dumbo the Flying Elephant. You know, yeah, so Dumbo was formerly in Fantasyland, transitioned over when they added the second, you know, second track, basically. Dumbo was much more fun as a child. I think I get dizzy easily now because I can't do Dumbo or Astro Order. <laughs> so, obviously, this this is one that, that Disney's done a very good job of. Kids love Dumbo. Kids like riding the attraction. You know, it's it's one of the marquee attractions for children at Disney World. So by adding that second track, I think they've done a really good job of 
figuring out how to move people through and give them a more enjoyable wait time experience. No, I I agree. Uh, you've also got Mickey's Philharmagic here. I I mean, we talked about this last episode. Mickey's Philharmagic is kind of one of those rides that you know you can skip if you really need to, but it's it's something that's worth doing every trip. It's nice to sit down in air condition. It is nice to sit down. It's nice to smell the strawberries or whatever it is. Uh, apple pie. Isn't it apple pie? Yeah, I don't know. During the Be Our Guest section. It's a fun ride. There's there's a couple of places in Fantasyland. There's, there's Be Our Guest, obviously, which... Have you ever had dinner there before? I have not. I've done two quick service lunches there for the simple reason that you can get in there for a quick service. It, it is a lot easier. I've done a, a quick service lunch there. I've also done a table service dinner there, and, and both of them were well worth it. It's expensive, but, but the food is good. So you've also got, um, you, could, you could kind of consider Cinderella's Royal Table in Fantasyland. I know we talked about that a little bit earlier, but you could theoretically consider Cinderella's Royal Table here. Gaston's Tavern, which Tom, I know you feel very strongly about Gaston's Tavern. I got tricked. Uh, when I went to Disney World the first time with my fiance, she had been more recently than me, and I said, "Hey, want to grab some lunch?" I had zeroed in on this particular quick service place in Tomorrowland. She referenced Gaston's Tavern as the place to eat lunch. Well, unfortunately, they don't serve they don't serve lunch. They have like treats in there. I mean, you can you could you could put together a lunch, I guess, technically, from the food that they serve there, but not really. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so you've also got the Friar's Nook in Fantasyland, but you've also got Pinocchio Village House there. Yeah, and, and that's one. That's a good quick service, and it's a tough one to get into. I When we did the our last trip to Disney World, we did the Very Merry Christmas Party, and they actually did have some treats in there. So I got to walk through and, and see the layout. It's not a huge restaurant, so I think that's probably why you see a little bit of a wait sometimes. So anything else in Fantasyland? I mean, we could talk about, you know, how we regret that Snow White's gone. You know, I think we've that, that Mr. Front. Toad's gone. I think that, we've explained that. What twenty thousand leagues under the sea? I think I that was I, there at one. I don't point. know if we regret that being gone. So Fantasyland's done. Let's move into Tom. I know what your favorite portion of the park is, and that's uh, Tomorrowland. Absolutely, I think there's a ton to do here. Obviously, you have the best attraction at Disney World in Space Mountain. Yeah, Space Mountain, shocking. Not surprised you said that. <laughs> but but let's look at the other attractions there. I mean, you've got Astro Orbiter, which, I mean, let's be honest. Unless you have a kid, you're probably not going to go on. You know, and that's. And let me just give a little note. If you haven't ridden Astro Orbiter, it's not individual seats. It's just one section. So it, either it needs to be, you know, you, like, for example... Two buddies aren't going to go ride Astro Orbiter in the same space. No, Tom and I, Tom and I would not ride Astro Orbiter in the same space. <laughs> my, my, my fiance and I, you know, hopped up there mainly for the view. We're like, hey, let's go ride it real quick. I had forgotten how the seating was on it, and it was extremely mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And it spins quicker than I guess I remembered it spinning. Uh, so Astro Orbiter, obviously, it's not a fast pass attraction. There typically is a probably a thirty minute wait almost consistently on this one because people do want to be that high up in the park and it's probably one of the most futuristic attractions that Disney made at the time. 
you know, it was they toyed with tons of ideas of what they were going to do there, and they eventually just left it as open air, and you can see the entire, you know, theme, you know, the entire park. All right. So what else you got? You got Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin. Tom, I know that you love this ride, and and I do too because consistently nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine points, right? Yeah. So Buzz Lightyear is a, is a a big attraction for those who are competitive. You want you want to play somebody in a little shooting game. That's the one. And if you're good, maybe great, like Pete and I claim to be, you're gonna max out your score there, which is which is quite fun too. Uh, you know, to beat the competition pretty soundly. I think Tomorrowland also, it, it probably offers the most consistently good attractions because you have Carousel Progress, you have Monsters, Inc., you have, unfortunately, Tomorrowland Speedway still. But have we have we even hit People Mover yet? I mean, that's we have not hit We have not hit the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. I was going to kind of get there eventually. I wish we had like a live studio <laughs> audience with the people we went to Mindu, w, Mindu Disney with so they could attest to the uh, the tail whipping they received. And Tom and I kind of cheated on this because we did know exactly where to aim and we did get stuck on the volcano. But yeah, you're absolutely right. This is this is great to settle a competitive score. So moving on from Buzz Lightyear, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Tom, I know you love this attraction. I love this attraction. I was that guy at one point. Yeah, I, I like the attraction because you don't know what you're going to get. It is totally different each time you, you know, sit in for the show. It is, you know, real people making real jokes with the audience in there. You know, it's typically different voices. So obviously, you know, they cycle out the comedians throughout the day. There's a little bit of a strategy on where to sit to be that guy or to be the churro person. Uh, you know, on our last trip, my mom was actually going to buy everyone churros. Yeah, and, and, and one thing Disney does well here, it's kind of interactive. So you can text in jokes, and they'll feature, you know, you know, they take maybe three or four jokes, and they feature your name, where you're from, and the joke you shared. This is one that I, I never, I always walk out with a smile on. I mean, this is, I, I did it three times on our last trip, because it literally, it's, it's different every single time. And a five-minute wait, right? You typically can walk on. You know, this was one where... I was trying to teach my mom how to do the fast pass system. And I'd say, hey, watch this. You know, we'd be in line for Space Mountain or whatever. And I'd grab a fast pass from Monsters, Inc., scan over there and grab another fast pass. So this was a. Un- this unlike was a Space Mountain, which favorite attraction at Disney World, right? Without a doubt. I, I like Space Mountain a lot. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we didn't have to wait a whole lot during the Mendo Disney trip. And I'm glad we got to ride it. Eight or ten times on the Mendu Disney trip. Space Mountain's it, another one where you really don't know what's coming. I mean, you really don't. It, you really don't. It, you really it's don't. So dark, you can't see. You're absolutely right. So, a great attraction. You know, a classic Disney attraction. I I hope it's one that they don't change anytime soon. Unlike Stitch's Great Escape. Yeah, we can't hit that one. We cannot claim that one to be in Tomorrowland. That has uh, has moved. I on. mean, it it could open again. The rumors are that it could open again. I hope not. You know, I I go back to the extraterrestrial alien encounter, and I wish that it had never changed from that, but it has. It's now Stitch's Great Escape, so... We say that it's okay one time, but on our our trip, I don't think the Mendu Disney crowd enjoyed it at all. I mean, I enjoyed it just because I knew it was coming. I knew I was going to get the chili dog burp in the ear. I knew that it was going to be uncomfortable. But you're right. It's not. It's one of those rides that's totally misplaced. 
it's not scary, so it doesn't have fans of scary rides. But at the same time, it's scary enough that, you know, small children that really like Stitch are not going to be fans of this ride. So it just doesn't have a good place at Disney World. Kind of like the Tomorrowland Speedway. I think the Tomorrowland Speedway needs to be gone soon, too. I'd do anything to get Tomorrowland Speedway moved out of Tomorrowland. <laughs> the only benefit it serves is it does house like a 30 to 40 minute wait 97% of the time. So It does. Okay, but let's move into another ride that has a lot of throughput, but never a long wait, and that is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. I love this ride. I know you love this ride, too. Top five ride at Disney World. I mean, I don't know why. You're literally just sitting in a little tram and going through the attractions at Tomorrowland, but it's so much fun to do. Yeah, I think we, on our Mendu Disney trip, we at least rode it twice, right? At least twice. I think it's because you can, you know, we, we two people to a cart, you know, don't get crazy. It's because you can prop your feet up across from yourself, get a little breeze, see the inside of Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, Space Mountain, uh, Mickey's Star Trader Shop, I believe. It's just a, it's just a, a slow-paced, comfortable, sit-down-for-a-few kind of ride. You get some good views of the castle as well. And then finally in Tomorrowland, let's talk about the Carousel of Progress. I mean, to me... This is a top five ride at Disney World. But to the wrong person, they fall asleep in it. You know, we had a couple of guys on the Mendu Disney trip that fell asleep in Carousel of Progress. And I don't know why, because this is a great ride. Yeah, they, they missed one of the premier attractions in Tomorrowland. And they both probably injured their neck by the way they were sleeping. <laughs> now, before before we move any further... We've done an well, injustice. Well, we, we have not we didn't talked talk about restaurants. We have not talked about cosmic rays. We didn't talk about cosmic rays. We didn't talk about anti gravities either, or the lunching pad, but mainly cosmic rays. Yeah, I mean, I think cosmic rays from a standpoint of the variety of foods you can choose there. Plus, you've got live entertainment. You've got sunny eclipse. You've got sunny eclipse. Sunny eclipse. May be the greatest animatronic entertainer at Disney World, period. Ever. Ever. Yeah, at first I, it was like a joke. Like I was like, oh, Sunny Eclipse, but now I'm kind of into that. You're you're all about that, right? Yeah, I'm all in there. Yeah, I agree. And your favorite food is there, right? Well, yeah, we were, we were talking earlier about favorite foods in Magic Kingdom, and I asked Pete, can I say chicken strips and fries at Cosmic Race? <laughs> But you've also got some good shops here. You've got Mickey's Star Traders. You've got Merchant of Venus. And you've got the Space Mountain Shop. The Space Mountain Shop sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've got two good stores out of three. You, you can get some unique magic bands at the Space Mountain Shop, I guess. Yeah. There you go. Do you have anything else to say about Magic Kingdom? I think we've we've gone through it in depth at this point. I think we've kind of... Alerted everybody to our likes and dislikes. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I mean, I, I think we've hit, you know, all the way from Main Street and around on the, the high points of Magic Kingdom. Well, awesome. Well, so now that we've made it through the park, let's move on. Tom, Disney Secret of the Week. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to be able to get that out. 
Yeah, so with with us, you know, kind of finalizing, you know, Magic Kingdom, what we do there, I, I think it's a good time to transition over to our Disney secret of the night, uh, one of our favorite parts of each episode. Uh, so here we go, a little history of Walt Disney World. The Walt Disney World Resort is located in bright and sunny Orlando, which was chosen for a variety of factors, not the least of which is the sunny weather it enjoys year-round. As a result of this, the park goers often are forced to wear sunglasses, you know, obviously to bright to block out the bright sun. However, many tourists who do so run the risk of joining the estimated 1.6 million people who have lost sunglasses at the park since 1971. This isn't that's an average of 210 pairs of sunglasses every single day in the park. Not only do people lose their sunglasses, Disney also estimates that they collect roughly 6,000 cell phones, 18,000 hats, and 75 hundred autograph books annually. Make sure to hang on to your sunglasses, hats, and other Disney memorabilia. Moving on, we're going to go ahead and hit the trivia question from last week and the trivia question for this week. Uh, I'll remind you, the trivia question last week was, what is the name of the parrot atop the entrance of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Uh, the answer was, the, his name is Peg-Legged Pete. Again, thank you for all who participated. We had a, a pretty good turnout here and uh, I thought this was a difficult question, but a lot of folks did have the right answer. Now for the trivia question this week. This also comes courtesy of Pete. This was a pretty tough one. I had no clue what the answer was. So here we go. What are the names of the three hitchhiking ghosts in the Haunted Mansion at Disney World? Again, what are the names of the three hitchhiking ghosts in the Haunted Mansion attraction at Disney World? Please send your answers via Twitter or email. Our Twitter account is podcast, and our email is mendowdw at gmail.com. You know, it's sad. I feel like I, I put the question out there, but I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we had to find the answer, embarrassingly enough. <laughs> well, great. So, well, I guess that's all we've got for this week, so please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.